Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. Today we're going to talk about inflation, um, the reality of it being here now, and then what are some ways to think about or try to to kind of manage it and deal with it. And then we're going to talk about weddings and the cost to um, have them, be in them, attend them. And we will wrap up with our top five. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 64 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. And this is Jeff. We're back. Did you guys know that there's enough water in Lake Superior? It's like three quadrillion gallons. There's enough water in Lake Superior to flood all of North and South America to the depth of one foot. Wow. It's not really a flood, though. One foot, right? <laughs> I mean, that's not going to do huge amount how does, of damage. How, how does Pam put up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Let it be fun. <laughs> Like that just I seems. I thought you were gonna say like twelve feet high or something like that. All of North and South America. All right, so it could legitimately flood all of North America. How about that? But what about the higher elevations? <laughs> and you know, I just I, I'm calling BS on that. <laughs> I think somebody ran the numbers, Mike. And, uh, and okay, Lake Superior is one of the Great Lakes, correct? I probably should have done some uh, research on Lake Superior first. Yeah. I'm yeah, asking yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Can you name the other? How many are there? Well, there's Erie. Five? There's Huron. There's Ontario. Uh, yeah, I think so. Lake Ontario. And then maybe is there a Lake Michigan? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you guys are looking at me. I, I can't. I can't help. I'm a big Lake Superior fan. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys know where I'm going, right? Where opening oh day, God. baby? Oh my God! Is today, it tomorrow? Today is opening day for the MLB, and tomorrow is opening day for our beloved Phillies. Is it home? It is. Wow! And like, it's just that the skies are going to open up, the sun's going to come out. So I will say, I've been to the home opener. I didn't think I went. I don't know if last year it even allowed fans, but maybe like the prior year or two. And, like, as much as baseball sucks, that day is fun. We used to go every year. And opening day is awesome. I could not care less about the outcome of the game. But nice weather, Citizens Bank Park, one time I'm in. I could care about the outcome. Yeah. I do care. You do care. For some reason, I'm just like, it's opening, it's home opener. Uh, The vibe is just... Super fun. For some reason, the vibe is different. Obviously, the reason is it's the first home game of the season. Sure. On opening day, on home opener. Um, so I want to see the team pull out a win. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the it's like fifth on the level of importance for the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We would get there maybe like thirty minutes before first pitch to to like well we'd get there earlier than that and tailgate a little bit and then go in maybe. 
15 minutes before first pitch and it, you, you were like 50 rows deep like you just couldn't yeah. get in yeah so you guys aren't excited for no baseball no. season to start no. nope okay no. all right is so we, there a reason to be excited? Aren't don't they have like a decent roster or something? I feel like there's a lot of hype on my they do. Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, they're, they they do have a decent roster. They made a few acquisitions. I can't I can't speak to who they are. Nick Castellanos. Yeah. The only reason I know him is because he bought Ben Simmons' house, and okay. that's all of the the talk right now. Because there's pictures. <laughs> uh, I guess he put on Instagram that he like I don't know what it's called when you you like um. Say, is it sage? You like sage the whole yeah, house to yeah. get rid of like the bad, bad juju or whatever. <laughs> he, there's Instagram video of him doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love him already. I know. I was like, I'm in. I, yeah. I don't know who this person is, but I'm in. Seems weird though. Like opening day of a baseball season when there's 500 games to celebrate it. It seems kind of very odd because there's so many of them to come. Like it's, it would be like celebrating the first day of the new year that ends in why because there's 364 more of them coming like why what's the big why why not have a big opening day for the eagles where there's only you know eight home games i feel like the home opener for the birds is huge i think the home opener for every you don't make a big deal about the birds home <laughs> opener like you do with the phillies i think he's just doing it because he knows how much we hate baseball <laughs> It's America's pastime. No, yeah. it's not. That's over. <laughs> no one would say it's America's pastime anymore. No, I think everybody says it's America's pastime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had Kansas winning the tourney. Did you? I did. I had them winning against Gonzaga, but that, that's, we won't talk about that. But I did have them winning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, picked the winner. How many did you have in the four? I don't know. So you who, didn't have... Who were in the four? UNC, Duke, Kansas, and... Nova? Nova. I had Kansas. That's okay. it. Oh. One of four. How many did you have? I didn't even do a bracket. Oh, my God. I'm like, I love basketball, but college basketball up until March is irrelevant to me. So I just hope... I love that, you know, for four days straight, all you can watch is like a bunch of games. But I don't care who wins. I don't have any sort of like fandom for college sports team obviously nova's local so i'll i'll pull for them and jay wright's hot but like other than that not a lot of allegiances yeah i didn't watch a minute of any game none no one that's crazy to me that is kind of crazy it's just St. what Pete's? megan said same thing and i didn't have a bracket either so i don't i care even less than i normally do which is um, zero because some of the games are, are in rare form this morning yeah he's a <laughs> debbie downer but co hey college basketball i think Maybe maybe this isn't right, but I think like baseball has like it's way less popular than it used to be. Way way fewer people care about it. Well, I don't think that's an accurate statement. Really? Yeah, I think a lot of people care about all college. Like, just because of the betting, or do you think it's really just the actual product? I think it's it's the alma mater issue. It's like college football, college basketball. People love their teams. I think it's the betting. Yeah, I think it's the betting too. Yeah, I, I think. There's far less people who care about specific teams. Really? Than you think? Yeah. Oh, oh, you're you're referring to like the average like watcher, not just. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, yeah. I got you. Yeah, then that's probably the betting. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, there's the there's the the Cinderella stories that everybody can kind of get behind for a couple weeks. Although St. Peter's coach left to go to Seton Hall, 
so he got a i guess bigger gig already yeah they oh announced gosh. it like a well apparently it was already in place before the tournament but they didn't announce it officially and then three of their starters entered the transfer portal so that team's gonna we'll look. never see them again never and i mean the, we'll never see probably those kids either i mean they're gonna go to They'll probably go to a bigger school and they won't get time. Yeah. Like they're playing at St. Peter's because they're at St. Peter's. They're not going to go to UNC and play. I couldn't really stand that coach. Really? Yeah. He was was just too animated for me. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. It's interesting. I would have thought you would have been a fan. No. Hmm. Okay. Looked like he was like too much of like one of their buddies. Got a lot out of his kids. I guess. <laughs> he like literally like created history, right? Like a six, a fifteen seed has never beaten, like, yeah, or advanced never made to the, to the to elite. elite yeah. Did you guys know, Meg? You probably know the answer to this. You probably don't, Mike. There's only been one coach who won an NBA title and the tournament. Wow! Thought you would have known this, Larry. Name. Larry. Yeah. Larry Brown. Larry Brown with the Pistons mm. and with um, Kansas. Kansas in 88 mm. and in 04 with the Pistons. Pistons, yeah. Larry Brown. Former Sixer, great. So Birds um, did nothing really spectacular. So Wait, there was Wait, just a big trade. did they trade draft picks? I mean, uh, first round picks or something? Lots of picks. Yeah. Were People they- are saying it was highway robbery by, by Howie. And by people, I mean a couple people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they just they they wanted that they went all in to try to get a few of these quarterbacks to Sean Russell Wilson. They didn't get them. They went all in to try to get a few receivers. When I say went all in, they tried. Tried, sure. And they failed. So it's like it looks like we're kind of coming back. I mean, they had a, a couple decent signings. I forget the guys' names. A couple decent signings, but I mean, it's the same team. Like I wouldn't expect much different next year. So, well, not much on the birds. Hopefully, a year under their belts, a little bit of improvement, maybe. A year older, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, what's his? Who's the other guy they just resigned? Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Dude, dude can't play anymore. <laughs> um, I thought they were gonna get DK. Yeah. I was. You had mentioned that, which you have absolutely <laughs> I don't think no, there's no, no inside information. Uh, Just my hopes and dreams. So that's birds. Flyers are, I mean, pretty much cooked, right? You were just there. Yeah, you attended a game. Yeah, they've been cooked for a long time. Um, I was there the other night. Um, obviously, they're trying to play their young guys. They're, I think, fourth or fifth worst record in the league, and they have a a real shot to maybe fall to third worst. And that's what we're pulling for, I'm right? I'm pulling for it. Yeah. Regulation losses are great to me right yeah. now. Um, Did they win the game you no, went they to? they lost in regulation. Okay. Yeah. They lost in regulation to the game I went to. Yeah. Recently. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be, I think, a tough year. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, they're, uh, and it's, it, uh, this draft, this draft class is very, very, like, questionable i don't know that there's a consensus around like anybody who's like a there's no probably no like superstars wow that's great so the Um, year they may have a decent pick there's no one that's like well head and shoulders above 
Well, I think, yeah, it's, it's just their luck, man. You know, they finished yeah. dead last in um, the Patrick Kane draft. Should have had Patrick Kane. And they got the ping pong ball, which gave them number two overall, which was JVR. So, like, wow. you, you, you look at some of the things that have happened to them. Wow. The Lindros career ending, the Pronger career ending, that ping pong ball. Pelly Lindbergh dying. I mean, if you go back, this franchise has had like unbelievable things happen to players that were to them out of their control, not a decision that was made that, that have just like wrecked the franchise for, for years. It's really weird. They me. didn't get Pronger in his prime. They got him kind of on he the back end. He was still the beast, man. Oh, he was very good, but he was like on the back end, But he right? was not like, uh, you know, Dale Howarchuk on the back end of his career. Paul <laughs> Coffey, it was... It was Pronger was still like one of the best in the league. JVR was the number, number two. two the disparity between Patrick Kane and JVR is un- imagine unreal. Imagine if they had Patrick Kane. They should have had him. Imagine if Kane was on this team from then. Uh, it, it would have been a whole different outcome. I'm not saying like, you know. I've I, I just been thinking about this, this franchise and this shit that's happened to them. That's if, not their decision. You know, If they had Patrick Kane, if they got Patrick Kane, they probably would have traded him away in about two or three years and then got him back like when he had a year left in his career. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> like but, they always do. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I'm just, it's just roll out the season. Hopefully they get a, as high a pick as possible and make the right pick. It's hard. I mean, there's 18-year-old kids. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. difficult. Well, let's wrap up our Philly sports with – the only sport that matters right yeah. now. <laughs> um, How are you feeling? Good. Yeah, I think good. Um, the Eastern Conference is competitive right now. I mean, the Sixers are, I think they're five or four, and Toronto's five, and they play Toronto tonight. Joe is just playing out of his mind right now. He's Out of his mind. He's a legitimate MVP candidate, and the discourse around why he won't win it has, unfortunately, in my opinion, like overshadowed how incredible his season has been. Like, it, it's just what he's doing as a m- player of his size is we've never seen it before. Um, and then Jokic, the guy who won it last year out in Denver, is equally as impressive, just in different ways. But the Sixers are a better team. Like it's just, you know, there's a lot of things at play. But then there's Giannis, who's also playing out of his mind. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's Giannis. like a really fun competition. Obviously, I'm a homer and want Joe to win it, but it's so three. There's, um, there's like some debate around using MVP, <clears throat> and when I say there's debate, like again, some one person on Twitter said yeah. something about. But maybe they should stop using MVP because a lot of people start looking at the team you're on and yeah. are you like, are you most valuable to your team or are you just the most outstanding player? Yeah. You should just start calling it most outstanding player. Or leave it as MVP and make it to your team because like the most outstanding player is Kevin Durant. Like when you think about like the best basketball player, it has been and it likely will be Kevin Durant. Like he's on a different level, but so he the, should win the MVP every year. But he doesn't. So then maybe it should be most valuable to your team because that's how it's that's how it's measured. I think. I and, think when people think about MVPs in football or any sport, their their first thought is who's the best player? Who was the best player this year? Not I don't like. 
to your team? Like, you know. I mean, if if Joel Embiid is not on the Sixers, they're in the they're like the worst team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, even with James Harden, like they're they're nowhere near so where maybe they are. Now. Two awards. You would say the same thing if like Giannis wasn't on the Bucks or if Durant wasn't on Brooklyn. Durant or Brooklyn would be better than the Sixers sure. without Durant and Milwaukee would be better than the Sixers without Giannis easily. Oh, I agree with that, but they wouldn't be anywhere near where they are. No, but they'd be playoff teams. You think so? Yeah. I'm I'm more confident in that about Milwaukee than I am Brooklyn, but well, now with Brooklyn Kyrie back. <laughs> I it, I I don't know how to like debate that because I look at Joe and the position that he has this team in on top of the statistical season that he's having. It's like, I feel like it's a no brainer, but it's also very close to my heart. (laughs) So can we chat a little bit about kind of the, like does the inconsistency have you worried at all? Inconsistency. I'll, I'll give you a few examples. So they play a decent team. I forget who the heck they played. Um, I don't, it wasn't the Suns. I forget who it was. Maybe it was the Bucks. And like Tyrese Maxey just disappeared the entire Maxey. game. Maxey. Uh, the Bucks, yeah. That was the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other night they win like 144. Like they blew out. I forget who. Like Joel, 45 points. Maxey, yeah. 30 points. Harden, 11. Mm-hmm. Now he had 14 assists, but... Like, there's just no – they haven't found – I don't think they've found their rhythm with each other yet mm-hmm. with Harden in the lineup. And mm-hmm. that's – like, that's the thing that concerns me. It's like when they play like a unit, when they play well, they can beat anybody in the league any night. So if it's a best-of-seven series against the Bucks, they can win. Yeah. If they play as inconsistent as they went, they they have been, they won't win. I don't disagree. I mean, that's the risk you run acquiring somebody at the trade deadline. It's just the reality of the the schedule, right? We get Harden with a quarter of the season left. I mean, that's just how it works, unfortunately. And you know, I think for. For me, and I'm definitely way more optimistic about this than other people, um, his additions, his his positive ads, specifically specifically in his facilitating of the ball, not his scoring, right? His scoring has been very inconsistent. His shooting has been very inconsistent. Um, Is that normal for him? No. Yeah. I mean, it has been maybe the last, like, in Brooklyn it was, but... Brooklyn was in similar situations. They had different lineups. He was running with different lineups every night. Like he's not. KD was hurt, and then Kyrie was hurt. Like he doesn't fast. look like a good shooter. Like he's not a good shooter. Like percentage wise, historically. But he gets to the basket. He shoots and makes free throws. Like I don't want him taking a three at the end of the game to win the game. Sure, I think that's fair. But he's also never played with a big like Joe. Yeah. So his games had to change a little bit because in Houston specifically, like he scored by getting to the basket and getting fouled. He didn't have the most dominant center in the league in the paint right. while he was doing that. So um, I guess that's why I'm not super concerned. I feel like, like you said, on any given night, they're good enough to play with and beat anybody. 
So I'll take them in a seven-game series against anyone. Right. Um, it's just at this point, it's staying healthy, right? And like managing his minutes, Joe's. Right. He's played a lot and he's um, he looks to be in good shape. Like I don't see him laboring like he has in the past and he's stayed healthy thus far. But that to me is the biggest concern. I'm not as concerned with the inconsistencies, at least not yet. Yep. We'll Go see. Sixers, yeah. Go Sixers. <laughs> Coach's Corner. So this article is called Victims. It was written by John Sh- Josh Brown. It's about a month old, but uh, still very relevant. Um, Josh talks about inflation, something that most people, specifically you know, maybe financial advisors, have talked about for years, but people haven't necessarily felt until recently and whether it's as a result of the pandemic um, supply chain issues uh, or we look at maybe more recent events with um, the conflict in uh, in ukraine and russia right you could point to a lot of different um, kind of causes but the reality is life costs more now than it did just a few short months ago and josh takes a pretty aggressive stance on how to combat rising prices as investors and savers. Um, And it's really as simple as owning equities. Um, So what he talks about is, you know, the, the narrative around beating inflation and how um, I'm not going to say how easily it's done because obviously there's a lot of um, difficulty in owning equities, especially because of their volatility. But when we think about trying to be creative or unique in, in beating inflation, there's really only one way to do it. <clears throat> I was kind of going, when I was reading this article, somewhere a little differently, kind of thinking about the the actual concept of inflation and applying it to, like, to our practice, right? So the two types of companies that we run, and it's like Financial Coach, which deals with people who are retired or retiring. And I feel like inflation... I haven't seen it over the past few decades be a real problem for those people that are, I'll use air quotes and say like wealthy, like have money accumulated and they're drawing on that money to live through retirement because as they get older, they tend to spend less, right? Their kids are out of college. You know, they've maybe sold their house. They've downsized and I just don't see it. It's still real. I'm not saying like if they spend a hundred grand this year, in ten years they're gonna be spending a hundred and seventy probably. They're gonna keep up with inflation, but some of them actually start to spend less. When I think about the new wealth project and younger families or people that kind of live on the line, right, of income and expenses, like I need every dollar that comes in to pay all my expenses that month. That's where inflation just I mean, crushes people. Right. Like when I go to fill up my wife's car and it costs one hundred and one dollars versus costing like sixty five. Like that's major. That's huge. So I was just that's where I was going with it, Mike. And I'm sure we could talk a a lot of different angles on inflation. But, you know, how much of a problem I guess what was like ringing in my mind, like how much of a problem is inflation for people that have accumulated wealth are living within their means are retired versus those of us who you know, 
We need every dollar we bring in to sustain ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Am I looking at it wrong? No, not, not at all. I mean, I think everything you said is, is valid. Um, I, I think back to the article, I mean, his point here is that if, you know, if you're somebody who since 2008, 2009 was in cash or was worried about the market plunging and reading the headlines and um, you missed out on the best inflation hedge there is, which is to own stocks. Like, so if you had just even a 60, 40 portfolio in 2009, it would have doubled by 2016 and it would have doubled again by now. Wow. So just think wow. about that as your, that's just 60, 40, that's just 60, 40. So and having 40% of your money in bonds. Yeah. So like, you know, those people who stayed in were invested and stayed invested are to your point, like they're fine. They're more than fine. They've, they've, They've banked enough to deal with what is now inflation. I mean, everyone's since the money printing in two thousand eight and nine. Every you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, it's hyperinflation's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and it never came until now. It yeah, it's here. Um, you know, so those people who did the right things and 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 stuck to the plan are able to deal with it. And I think that was his point. I think that's a valid point as well. Um, and if you look back, like, you know, you, you, you look back historically, like owning companies has been more or less the best way to, to out, outpace inflation. Well, by definition, it's, it isn't it like the only way, right? Because if they say if stocks are going to average nine or 10 and then you subtract like 3% for inflation, now you're down to six and then you subtract out, you know, one or two for taxes. Now you're down like you're. You're just kind of treading water, getting above. If yeah, and I think I think the the using a three percent or a four percent inflation number for everybody is is also kind of like you know irrelevant because everyone has their own personal inflation rate based on what you spend your money on. If you travel all the time and you're you know or or, or it's tuition related or sure. medical i mean there's they're wildly different inflation numbers for different parts of your budget um so i think that i think that we as an industry have to do a better job at almost like drilling down and and figuring out personal inflation rates because they're different across different people you know well the reason that's never going to happen is because that the, infl the cpi which is what they use to kind of measure inflation which doesn't include like food and energy correct mm -hmm. that's the same number they use to increase your social security benefit yeah. mm -hmm. is it yeah. used in anything else in kind of the global financial markets it, not, it, I mean, yes but it's just the headline number and that's what everybody reacts to but as far as like like <clears throat> social security which is a huge benefit that every american partakes in that benefit is tied to CPI. Mm -hmm. Correct. Is there any other benefit or anything no. else like that? That's tied. I guess there isn't, right? Well, I mean, a lot of companies just give annual like raises based on cost of living, based on like that number. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the other component of beating inflation, and not for retirees, but for people who are still working, is income. Right. If you don't make enough money to keep up with inflation whether it's because raises or you're just your salary is such 
I mean, income alone is like one of the, if not the number one predictor for wealth, right? Is being able to make enough to spend your bills and then save yeah. and accumulate money. It, it's not cut out the coffee. It's <laughs> right, make right. more money. It's make more money. <laughs> right. Um, and that's either in the form of, you know, annual raises, bonus structures, or just a higher base salary. And that's just not something, obviously, that apply to that applies to our retired clients, but is more specific to what you were describing, the, the younger families who um, have kids, mortgages, cars. Yeah, all that stuff. I, mean, <clears throat> I, I just see that. And it's to your point too, Mike, like everyone has their own, you know, the, the, sure. the, the salesman or wholesaler that had, has to drive, you know, 200 miles a day to get to each appointment. I mean, I guess it, I'm using that as an example, but his company probably pays for his gas. <laughs> He's probably zooming at this point. <laughs> the guy who's cutting grass and has to fill up all the mowers and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, that's hard when, when gas gets to where it is. Um, but, you know, inflation's a, it, it's very, there's a lot of angles to it. Like, like right now, mortgage rates are, have gone from mm-hmm. 3 to 5%, let's say. Yeah. That's an incredible um, increase yeah. in the cost of ho- of housing for someone trying that, that's doing the math on trying to see like how much monthly they're going to be paying. So, like, just the cost of borrowing is also inflationary right now, and that's really really impactful for so many people. You know? Yeah. Now, getting to like the psychological side of it, like you were talking about, it's right. Like those people that were sitting there going, "I'm sitting in cash because inflation's creeping up and things are going to get crazy." And yes, it's here now. Um, and they're going to say to you, see, I was right. I told you. And then you have to try to explain to them, yeah, but you missed the last 15 years of a great market. But they're not, that's not going to register with them because they're looking at the S&P that was down like 15 or 20% at some point during this year. I know it's come back a good bit, but... Um, my question to you is, and you might not know the answer, but do we typically see this kind of reaction of equities when inflation increases, when inflation rises? Do we typically see a pullback in equities? It all it depends on the reasons for it. So if you look back at all the historical high inflationary periods, there's it's mixed. But I think generally stocks do better when inflation is um, sh- shows up. But again, it kind of the answer just depends because it depends on what causes it. That you know, right now there's you know, obviously there's supply related uh, issues. There's de- there was demand from all the you know coming out of COVID and reopening and everybody's spending their checks, <laughs> um, money print. I mean, there's so many different um, reasons for it. I think right now, obviously, the one that's in the face is the Russia Ukraine stuff that's causing. Um, major supply issues uh, on top of what we already were dealing with. So it, and then it's just like, but as fast as it showed up, it can also disappear. I mean, it's like, I mean, predicting interest rates and predicting inflation, predicting anything in the short term is just useless because it's just a guess. You just have to be set up hopefully properly with all your, with all your moving parts to, to deal with it and the weather it. I mean, there's no other way. Yeah. And that's kind of Josh's point to maybe yeah. tie a bow around this is like we've financial advisors is, you know, the group he's talking about have been talking about inflation for years mm-hmm. and whether people have experienced it or felt it was was mostly irrelevant. But it was a factor that 
if you ignored whether it was to seek preservation or just because you didn't believe it existed and your portfolio was invested as such, then now that it is here, you're ill-prepared for it. Um, and maybe that's in a vacuum, but that's kind of the point he was trying to make, um, which I think is why we, you know, practitioners continue to talk about it and have talked about it. And, you know, when when we show somebody a retiree spending a hundred grand today and it being a hundred and seventy, and they shake their head, oh, that's not going to happen. Well, why not prepare for maybe it will? What's the harm in that? <laughs> Yeah, and I just remember all of last year just saying to all of our clients in review meetings, like, you have the most money you've ever had in your life right now. And that's a product of staying invested, investing in equities, and being able to participate in that. Because if you weren't, if your bonds are paying you three or four, your cash is paying you one or two, your money isn't growing. So you're not having that conversation with your advisor that you have the most money now that you've ever had before. And that allows them to be able to keep up with inflation. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Inflation. Woo, inflation. <laughs> well, speaking of personal inflation, <laughs> um, an article in the Washington Post, don't make your wedding a financial burden for everyone else. I joked that I didn't write this article. <laughs> um, it was by Aaron Lowry from Bloomberg, actually. So it's posted on Washington Post. Uh, the article basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, calls people out, um, brides and grooms who are um, getting married and the expectations that they set on family and friends in the form of bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, wedding showers, really just being a part of the wedding day. Um, and they actually bring up, you know, COVID being um, here the last couple of years, there's the pent up demand, Mike, that you just referred to. So there's a lot of this happening now because things are open and, you know, we can maybe go back to having group events and it's basically like slow down, stop asking people to spend all of their savings on your special day. Does anyone enjoy <laughs> it? Like why, why is... Why is that the trend? Why is that? I mean, and it was when I got married too. It was? Well, I mean, it wasn't like, let's go to The Jamaica. destination weddings are, are, are definitely a newer trend. We didn't really have them back in my day. No, I just mean in my, like when I got married, we weren't going to Jamaica for the, for the bachelor party. Right, right. Um, but it was still like you spend a ridiculous amount on your stupid Catholic wedding day and the reception you have a uh, uh, an engagement mm -hmm. party people give you gifts when you get engaged yep. right like my aunt like sends me a check for a hundred bucks I'm like I just got engaged what we're gonna have an engagement party and then they bring gifts to the like it's just it's so it's and it's gotten more over the top now yeah as I listen to you Meg when you go to like all this Your stuff eight weddings a year yeah who it's, likes it I, hey who, I think it's just like such a symbol of how narcissistic people have are because it's all about me 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 and this article is pointing out that hey like tone it down i mean i like i remember when i was when i was getting married obviously like 
like most people or some people I should say, my father-in-law was footing the bill for the majority of the wedding. And it just so happened that like it, the, the guest list was like 95% on my side. Cause I have a lot of cousins. I have yeah. a whole, and, and, you know, we're local and I cut out, a lot of people, my relatives, like all of my first cousins were not invited. None of them were invited. Wow. And it was a big. And, and I, I did it. Yeah. And I did wow. it because I was trying to not. He, like I didn't want him to, him to have to spend all sure. that money on people. Like he didn't even know. Like it wasn't his. And um, it actually caused some issues for sure. Like Absolutely. afterwards. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I would do it over the same way. Because I just think it's a it's a incredible waste of money. The cost of all those things that go into that day. Um, and if you can't afford it, it's even more, it's even, it's even more difficult of a thing. I, I don't know. I, I have pretty strong feelings on the whole wedding thing and how much waste there is for, from, for the traditional stuff with the flowers and the photographer and all the stuff that it's incredibly expensive, obviously. Maybe. But, and then, and then I'll, sorry, but then yeah. the point of this article is it's also taxing on a lot of the people that you, yeah. that feel obligated to go. And spend money that maybe they don't have. Do you think, Meg, it's like, well, Katie had her wedding. I'm using, I'm just using, making up that name. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we did, we had to go here, there, and there. And then Sally had hers, and now it's my turn. <laughs> and I'm just using female names because sure. I highly doubt men are the drivers of like, I, and I could be wrong, but I like this whole. I think there's a lot more. I, I think men are doing it, maybe not in the way that you're describing. Um, yeah, I do think there is some of it. I think social media is like the biggest culprit because it's just who has the better Instagram post. I mean, who can show off to more people? And I know that sound, but it's it's vain. It's vanity. It's narcissism. Um, if you choose yourself to overspend on your day between photographer and venue and dress and flowers – I could not care less. How much you spend on your day is yours. Asking other people to participate in all of the other events leading up to it, to travel, to stay, to pay for you to eat, to buy a dress and get hair and makeup. I mean, I'm not joking when I say I've probably spent like $40,000 over the last four years of my life on bachelorette parties and weddings. And that's not like a made-up number. I think you're probably lowballing that number. <clears throat> and I enjoy it. Like, to the extent that these are my best friends celebrating a huge moment in their lives. So it's difficult. It's very conflicting for me to participate because it's like, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss those things. But I also don't want to fly across the country to do it. It's crazy. Um yeah, so I have very strong feelings uh, about it as well. And it's it's very much my feelings are specific to what you're asking of others. I don't care what you do yourself. Right. Like that's not on me. That's not any of my decisions. Um, but asking others to participate financially in the way that I've been asked over and over, it's – I don't know the word. Like It's irresponsible. Yeah, maybe irresponsible. Now, it's there's always like, because I'll say this to somebody and be like, oh, well, just say no. And it's like, right. I did it for six of my other girlfriends. How do I not do it for the seventh? Like, that's not fair either. Um, so it's not, it's not easy to say no. That's not a fair, mm-hmm. like, 
reaction. No, and I think when you have seven bridesmaids, all who have different situations, different incomes, like your situation's a little different. You're not married. You don't have kids. So you're the only one you're responsible for. So there's probably a little more wiggle room to spend money on the wedding. Sure. Whereas like Jenny, who's got a, a husband and three kids, like she's got other responsibilities. And like to go to freaking California for a bachelorette party and then come back and buy, like everything you just named, it, it's mind blowing to me that it still happens. But like in your scenario, it's almost less fair to me because the married chick with kids has an excuse. She's like, I'm going to get the hell and out like, of here. <laughs> she gets to say no and not be judged and judges, maybe not the right word, but like. The expectation for the single chick with no kids is like she's there at every single one. It's absolutely gotten so out of hand. Dude, and then they have babies. And there's a freaking reveal party. And then the baby shower. And I I feel like, though, this shouldn't be relegated to just women. Like, this happens with men. My boyfriend was in Nashville. He's going to Chicago. I mean, it's not just women. I will say... There's probably more done by women in terms of the organization and the decorations and the the Instagram stuff. But guys are going and doing too. Oh, absolutely. Melissa's cousins, like same same deal. Like Matt, you're going you're going where? Like you you just had a baby, a bachelor party in Nashville. How how is that possible? But I get that's just the culture now. So it's okay. I, I mean, I I would love to see, and I would appreciate more the person that's getting married, the the couple, and they decide to just like do it low key, like that. I would find I would respect that more because it's like we don't have to one up each other. Like let's just have, uh, a, yeah, the one up. That's that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, the one up culture. Well, good luck, Meg. <laughs> I'm sure you still have uh, some people out there that are getting married. Yeah, you want to go into top five. Top five tragic premature deaths. How did you guys do with this one? Because I mean, I felt like there were just so many. This was a little bit more difficult for me. Really? Yeah. Because like, not to sound like an ass, but like tragic was like applied to me. Like, how did I feel about these people dying? Okay. Whether it was tragic in the sense of like the world. Gotcha. I didn't really approach it that way. Yeah, I, I hear you. So I'll go first because it doesn't sound like you guys <laughs> okay. did that. Um, so we use this as an example when we were coming up with it, but I feel like I have to say Kobe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, his was like, I remember where I was, what I was doing when Kobe died. Yeah. And I wasn't even that big of a Kobe fan as a basketball player, but right. Um, Heath Ledger. What about as a oh. dude? No, not as a dude. Yeah, and I that was kind of part of my. I'm, of course, I'm commenting on somebody I, I never even knew, so like it's kind of silly sure. for me to say like. I, but I, I wasn't sure I got. Um, that I felt or heard that he was like the greatest dude. So and I left them off my list. It took no, a little I, away from it. From yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It did, but I, I, I completely agree. I think the tragedy of it, though, and it's, it's probably more that it wasn't just Kobe, right? It was yeah, his daughter, yeah. and then all of the other people on that plane. Like the how it happened Helicopter. was, yeah. Was, oh, excuse me. Was um, 
was yeah, part of the I tragedy. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Um, Heath Ledger. That's right. Batman, right? It was like yeah. a, a Joker issue. Not an issue, but like it was after that yeah. movie. Yeah, I think there was maybe some substance abuse issues. Yeah. <clears throat> Chadwick Boseman. Boseman. Black yeah. Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. Just died a couple years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this is like a little bit of a... Selena. So I didn't like... Selena. The... Like, they made a movie about her. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez played her. I just recently saw that movie. So Selena died like 18 years ago or 20 years yeah. ago or something. But I just saw that movie, and that's what <laughs> made her make this list for me. So it wasn't tragic to me when it happened, but then learning her story gotcha. and how she died was pretty tragic. Mm. I don't know the story. She just, like, rose to stardom and became this, like, insane pop star whose family was how she got there. Her dad was her manager. Um, Her sister was, like, her makeup artist. Like, it was just this nuclear unit that, like, brought her to the top. And she was – she had, like, a business manager who she trusted but – probably shouldn't have who was just insanely like um obsessed with her and so obsessed that she didn't want to share her with anybody else and she killed her oh my gosh yeah like selena went to meet her to like discuss something she shot her in a parking lot oh my gosh it's crazy yeah yeah so it's very tragic uh and then paul walker hmm. um fast and the furious gotcha okay yeah yeah. I had such a crush on him when I was. I forgot uh, younger, he died so. yeah. in a car car accident, right? I believe so. <laughs> Not really sure. Mm. Sorry. So, all right, I guess I'll go. Um, I have I don't know what order. It kind of doesn't matter. I got River Phoenix on my list. Yeah, she probably doesn't know who that is. Probably mm-hmm. not. Related to Joaquin, eighties, nineties mm-hmm. actor. Older brother, older brother is it? was he? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean. Substances, obviously, but yeah, he was uh, he was pretty talented. Um, I got I got John Candy. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. You know, every apparently a beloved dude. Yeah, I liked him. Super funny. I should have went comedian. I didn't. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit. I got um, I got Jerome Brown. Oh, that's another good one. Who's Tragic. That? Yeah, car crash. I mean. He was such a do you, Meg. Do you remember Jerome? Mm-hmm. He was a football player. Played for the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I've, and my other two are Farley, Chris Farley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in that vein, Phil Hartman. I remember Phil Hartman. So so funny, so funny. I would say Farley was funnier than Phil Hartman. Different, totally different uh, brand, but yeah, same, same deal. So the, the, was yeah. Phil Hartman? How young was he? He was young. I don't know. He's probably in his forties, maybe. He was okay. murdered. He was shot by his wife or something. Oh my god! Yeah, that's my. So list. I I can't believe you mentioned one earlier on this pod. I thought you were going to go. I, there. He was on my backup list. Pelly Limber. Pelly. Yeah. I actually saw him live. I was at a game. Yeah. He had a shutout. Okay, so I went like way different than you guys. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. Uh, you guys just want a name. <laughs> Um, I have uh, Roy Holiday. Oh, uh, that's a good one. 
I feel I, weird saying that's a good one. Yeah, that was sorry, that was sorry, insensitive. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I don't remember his name, but the lead singer from Sublime. Mm-hmm. I for, yeah, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, I think he he was an early death. Uh, Princess Di. Thought she mm. would have been on a, any some one of one of your lists. Not a big no. royal fam fan, yeah, but yeah, no, but exactly. it was just kind of like oh, no, it's tra- a... it wasn't like a paparazzi issue. I think yeah. her car, car crash was chased yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number two, it's and I don't know if I this is going to count as one, but um, like Bruce and Brandon Lee both died young, which I thought was kind of odd. Are you guys familiar with the, the Lee? martial arts? Yeah, like. Bruce Lee died young. And then his son was in a movie, The Crow, and, you know, bullet in the in, in a gun shot. Like, like, very, on, like on set. Yeah, like very similar to uh, the Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin thing. So I'm going to put them in one category, Bruce and Brandon. Is your next one in one category too? No, uh, this is uh, Bob Marley's my number one, like by far. I'm surprised you didn't have Biggie or Tupac. Thought about it. Thought about it. Thought it was too obvious. I had them on my backup. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was talking to Steven about this, and he's like, Ben Simmons' career in Philly. <laughs> that was that was my number one for things I couldn't wait to end. Uh-huh. You got mad at me for it. Oh, that's when I liked him. Yeah. yeah. Come a long way, Jeff. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya. Till next time. <laughs>